This is CliffCentral.com. Good question, Tina Turner. What's love got to do with it? Hello, this is Opinion Booth with me, Sonia Booth, and today's title, Raising Monsters. My guest today is Samantha LaRue. And uh, she is the founder and inspirational leader of Cornerstone Woman, an NGO born out of Samantha's personal experience of domestic abuse. Samantha, welcome to Opinion Booth. Thank you very much. It's an absolute privilege to be here with you. I was reading the Sunday paper when I turned to a page advertorial, a striking one indeed, no pun intended. (laughs) It depicts a woman in this exquisite, opulent, sea view mansion. I mean, obviously, I have to try and describe the advertorial because there was a powerful message that came with that picture of that woman. So this exquisite, massive, sea view mansion, the headline, if this is the life she's leaving behind, imagine why she can't bear to stay. Absolutely. That's a powerful advertorial, and it was a full-page spread. Yep. The thinking behind that, because you, you certainly got my attention. Yeah. Well, basically, um, the advertorial was developed by an incredible team at uh, Joe Public Ignite, who have worked with Cornerstone Woman for the past probably 19 months in total, to put together a message that came across that was true to the monster that is going on behind those residential walls. And I have to salute them because they got it absolutely spot on. The truth of it is, imagine if she's prepared to leave that behind, what's going on that she can leave and that she's prepared to, just like myself, end up in the staff accommodation of a friend's house with my three children just to get away because enough was enough. What is Cornerstone Woman and what does it stand for? Cornerstone Woman is a faith-based organization. Um, It's a a team of incredible men and women. Most of them uh, in the team have experienced some form of abuse themselves. That came together 19 months ago and decided that we had to create a platform that would remove any excuse for a woman to leave a toxic, abusive situation. Unfortunately, people have got the perception that um, abuse belongs to the poor demographic. And this is not true. It's across the board. It has no color. It has no residential address. In fact, uh, in some cases, it, it's actually men and women and women on men. Abuse is an epidemic. And unfortunately, there is absolutely no infrastructure in South Africa that a woman and children can comfortably approach to receive assistance. How can people get involved? I mean, donations, volunteers? We spent 19 months putting the infrastructure together. It was very important for me that we weren't going to be just some organization that women would come and approach and we would start dropping them through the loops because we hadn't created something solid. So we spent 19 months putting that infrastructure together. When we launched uh, on Friday at the Monroe Boutique Hotel in Houghton, um, we launched to present the brand to the to the public. I need to go and spend now the next three months doing exactly that, 
creating a platform for women and men who have been touched by this in any way, um, the ability to donate to us. Because like all things in the world, if you do not have funding, you are not able to assist. And up until now, uh, Cornerstone Woman has proudly been able to assist approximately 11 ladies, each one of them having different needs because each woman's story has different requirements. But unfortunately, in order for us to go to the masses and to be able to help the amount of women and children that are out there, I'm going to have to be able to have a permanent infrastructure, everything from legal to medical to housing, uh, the counseling system. We really and truly are going to need funding to do that. Up until now, everybody has given voluntarily, and you can imagine the strain that is put on people that have a full-time job and then have gone over and above and assisted Cornerstone Woman to assist because I couldn't certainly turn anybody away. Hmm. You experienced domestic abuse. Yes, I did. Did you see this coming? Did your abuser show signs of violent behavior? And what gave you the courage and motivation to get out and to leave? No, um, there were no warning signs, although the relationship between him and I was rather um, interesting from the start. There seemed to be a, a chemistry. Uh, we seemed to challenge each other regularly before we became romantically involved. Um, and when we became romantically involved, uh, he was my prince, knight in shining armor. Um, my story is quite interesting in that um, I was actually married at the time. Um, and I left my marriage for this individual who made me believe that I'd actually married the wrong person and that if I was his, he would look after me as if I was the princess. Oh, wow. For about a year, a year and a bit, I was the princess. But then slowly the signs started to show and they displayed themselves in subtle jealousy, control issues, asking me where I was all the time, checking my phone, phoning me more times than I, I now realize was natural. And before I knew it, um, I was being completely abused mentally, emotionally, um, and physically never was beaten up, only ever hit once, slapped through the face. But um, that's more than enough. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, what was that first thing that he did or he said that made you think, hmm, I think this is going to be a problematic union or relationship? It was an argument we had, uh, a jealousy argument. And um, he came into my home, walked into my bathroom and started pulling all my cosmetics out of the bathroom cupboard and smashing them on the floor. And I must be honest, in that moment, I realized something's not right and I need to be afraid. But the damage had been done. You know, when you're in an abusive relationship, you, you lose your self-respect, you lose your control, you, you question yourself, you've made to believe that, that you're to blame. It's so complicated and complex that Ironically, that wasn't the sign. It took me years, years and years of, of many more incidences to have the courage to leave. That was just the first time I realized something was wrong. But it took me a very long time to leave after that. Would he apologize after that, showing you that rage um, and make up excuses? Yes, he would. And he would twist it and almost blame me for it. He would say that I'd created the environment in which he behaved that way. I'd been disobedient, hadn't listened, drank too much wine, 
um, wasn't behaving according to how he perceived that I should be behaving at the time. And if I look and I analyze 90% of the situations, I had done nothing wrong. The sad thing is, is that if you read up on this condition on narcissistic sociopathic disorder, the, the person being abused eventually starts to become abusive in return mm. because you lose your power. And in order to gain your power, you start to stand up for yourself. And that's perceived as you being the abusive one back to them. The psychology behind this is so complex. And I think when I went through the experience being the personality that I am, when I went through the experience, I realized how deeply this affects a person. It doesn't just affect you emotionally. It affects you spiritually. It expect, it affects you physically on every single level. I remember not being able to walk. I was bedridden. I couldn't get out of bed. The trauma of the entire experience of going through this for so long, I actually couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't walk. Psychologically, after speaking to a psychologist, he, he explained why my body had shut down. This is a terrible, terrible experience. And it's something that has been covered up for centuries. And it really and truly needs to be stopped now. I believe that Cornerstone has got the team as well as the intellect and the courage to take this on like nobody else in collaboration with other NPOs because there are not, there are other NPOs or, or non-profitable organizations that do something similar to us. I think where we're different is that we're approaching the, um, what in marketing terms would be called the middle to upper class. Um, we're, we're opening it up in that demographic where previously, um, it's really and truly not being exposed. In fact, um, nobody wants you to even know that it's going on behind those prime residential estate walls. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, you hear a lot of comments being made by women that, you know, the life of opulence can be addictive. You know, you you want to be seen living this beautiful life, um, you know, traveling first class everywhere, having a yacht and living in Landanu, Bishop's Court. And a lot of these women, the abuse that they have to put up with, you know, it's almost like somebody wants to say there's a high price to pay for all of that. Because like it's an excuse that if you yes. get the Louis Vuitton handbag, you should be quiet exactly. about what's going on. And behave in a particular manner because there's a certain way that a woman must behave, dictated to by a man, right? Like in your case, you said that your Absolutely. husband would say you, you had too much wine. No, he actually wasn't my husband. We never got married. I left my husband for him. But yes, you're, you, you're absolutely correct. Um, you know, what's very interesting uh, about this condition, um, is that if you look at the women that approach Cornerstone and that I'm, de that I'm working with, nine out of ten of them are actually, or were previously, very successful, strong women. Yes. It's very interesting. They were financially independent until they got into this relationship or this marriage. And then slowly but surely, they were manipulated into thinking that her career wasn't as important as his. And she needs to stay at home and look after the children. And in very rare cases, the man actually authentically mean that she is to stay at home and look after the children. The reason behind it is a control issue. He doesn't want her out. He doesn't want her in the business 
arena. He doesn't want her successful because that's a threat to him and he can't control the situation. And those that manage to hang on to their powerful careers, I mean, you'd be shocked at the level of women that are in abusive relationships. We're talking about high-powered MDs, CEOs, financial directors of companies that they're either currently running or previously ran and have experienced this terrible level of abuse. Did you ever get to find out what type of childhood your your partner um, lived? Yes, I did. And I think without explaining that childhood, because I don't believe that would be the correct thing to do, um, there is a pattern. There is even a pattern in, in my childhood, in women who get abused. That's why, you know, it's, it's, it's a very interesting concept uh, or, or condition in that she is equally responsible for her participation. And I think this is where Cornerstone Woman is a very different organization to any others, is that I, I encourage the woman. In fact, I almost insist that she has to take responsibility and accountability for her journey. She has to fix herself before she can try and fix anybody else. And only once she's done that, can she then have the power not to return to abusive relationship or enter into the relationship with her partner empowered enough that either he will make the changes or she'll be in a position to leave comfortably. Because she does definitely need to take responsibility for her part in it. It's not just a he blames situation. It's a, it's a society problem rather than an individual problem. It's a, it's a, I mean, think about it. Honestly, Sonia, what, why, why do we allow this to go on? The very first time that we experience this condition, surely that should be enough. And yet we don't. We're conditioned as women that we can fix, we can fix him, we can fix him, we make it better. But the truth is you can't fix anybody but yourself. And that, I think, is the most powerful journey that we at Cornerstone Woman will take the woman on, is the empowerment of herself. She's not a victim. She needs to be a victorious woman that takes back her power and goes back into the world to contribute. Did anyone persuade you to stay and work things out? The reason I ask is because in some cultures, and I'm going to use quotation marks, a smart woman builds a home and a dumb one destroys it. A strong woman must fight to make things work. No pun intended. Yet again. <laughs> um, in my particular case, no, because the abuse was very obvious right from the start. In fact, I was the one convincing myself to stay and everybody around me, family and friends, were asking me what I couldn't see. But I think I was so desperately in love or what I thought was love at the time with the individual that I had to make it work. And I'd also lost and sacrificed quite a lot for this relationship. So for me being the personality that I am, I don't fail. And I wasn't going to fail at this either. But naturally, when you're dealing with this kind of condition, um, you need the other person to take responsibility or the, the partner to take responsibility and accountability for themselves and get the help they need. And if they're not prepared to do that, you're literally, you know, you, you're hitting your head against a brick wall. So no, nobody tried to convince me, but I am certainly aware within the, within the woman that I assist that many are almost, as you say, manipulated 
by family members into staying and for their own ego and agendas because we don't fail in this family. You need to stay with him and fix it, which is actually shocking because they should really and truly be supporting her. Did you ever blame yourself uh, for the abuse or try to make excuses um, because you mentioned uh, perhaps you were not acting like a lady according to him? Did you ever doubt yourself and think to yourself, perhaps if I hadn't dressed in this manner that he didn't like or if I didn't act in such a way or if I don't have that second glass of wine, perhaps he wouldn't have been so mad at me? Absolutely, all the time. I question my behavior regularly until it almost becomes a maddening voice in your head. What am I not doing enough? Am I not pretty enough? Am I not thin enough? Am I not the, 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 the perfect girlfriend? Am I not giving him what he needs? But eventually through your own self, if, if you're lucky enough to have that realization, you start to realize that it is never enough. Because some women say I shouldn't have provoked him. Or he was drunk, right? Yeah. Those are some of the statements that women make. And you think to yourself, you know, it's so sad. But I, I like that you are the one that admitted or trying to make women realize that they also are responsible for what is going on behind those, behind those closed doors, right? Because you're the only person that qualifies to make that statement because you've experienced abuse yourself. It's all, it's all very well that, you know, if you haven't um, experienced such, it's, it's, it's very easy. If I haven't walked in your shoes, it's very easy for me to ask, but why did you stay? Why did it take so long for you to take leave. action, for you to pack your bags and leave? What was the effect and impact of the abuse on your kids? Did you did you have kids with uh, this partner? We never had kids uh, together. I came into the relationship with three of my own children. He had three uh, has three of his own children. Um, enormous. In fact, uh, his daughter actually spoke on Friday night on the effects of abuse on the children at our event on Friday night. His daughter? His daughter, yes. Wow. Yeah. So he had three kids, you had three kids, you had six kids under one roof and all of this was going on under the same roof. Not every, or not all the time because they used to go and spend time with their, 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 their mother and father. So, you know, as we were not married and they're not our children. But when they were together, they saw some pretty awful situations. They experienced some situations that that those situations he even gave his excuse as to why um why he put the, put us through them and it's quite interesting to to talk particularly to her today um and she realizes as a young woman that nothing we could have done warranted that kind of treatment it's unacceptable and i think that it's very important for me to say that um the abuser's power is in your silence Mm. You're right I need to say that Your fear that he's going to hurt you more Or that he's going to do something Or cut you off financially Or his his power is in your silence The minute you break that silence And you're prepared to stand For yourself and for your children And say this is my story It's mine Even if it is unacceptable to other people It's mine However I own it and I need help. You start to take his power away from him. And that is a very important part of the journey. How did you break things off? Like what, what, what happened in the end? I mean, is, is this someone that you have bumped into, you know, somewhere? 
Well, <laughs> my story, as I said to you, is quite uh, com- quite interesting. Quite Jerry Springer, actually. Um, we were family. I uh, he actually is the he was married to my husband's my husband's sister's husband. So I actually left my husband for my brother-in-law. Okay. Yeah. So the kids are cousins. We're actually family. So right up until recently, him and I often spoke to each other. Um, I tried to keep the relationship as, as naturally contained as possible. But the volatility doesn't stop because we don't agree. And he has his story. I have my story. And there's the truth in the middle, of course, as all things in life. The most important message, though, is that there are certain things, whether it's in a marriage or in a relationship, that are unacceptable. There are certain things that you do not do to a woman and her children. And it doesn't matter how you try to dress that up or to to recipe it into something. They're not acceptable. And relationships break down. They don't work. You need to be able to exit them without having fear, without being manipulated, without being threatened, without being beaten. Those things don't belong in any kind of relationship, regardless of the dynamics of them. So, yes, very difficult. Um, communication at the moment is non-existent. Um, he is aware of what I stand for in the organization. And um, all I can hope is that he would realize that this isn't about him or me anymore. It's about the women and men that are that are experiencing this. Um, and you know, I said on on Friday at my, on my speech at my speech uh, at the Monroe, we don't die by the extinction of the birds and the bees, or even the destruction of the trees. The world is dying inside the family, mm. and it is. That is profound. Now tell me, I'm going to ask you a very difficult question. <laughs> and there's a reason for that. Do you have fantasies of revenge or thoughts of inflicting harm on him? No. No, I don't. I can say that I was angry many times. I can say that until I went through the healing process which is part of the Cornerstone Woman program. Yes, like anybody, I was frustrated. Um, I blamed him. But you've hit the nail on the head there, Sonia, because that's exactly it. When you take ownership for it yourself, this isn't about revenge. This is about myself. This is about me taking accountability and responsibility for my journey and not allowing that kind of experience in my life. We make excuses for behavior. Somebody once said something to me. It was quite profound. Um, the first time somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Mm. It's true. It's true. We, we need to understand that if somebody shows you violent jealousy and insecurity right in the beginning, there's a problem. Don't own it and don't try and change it. Exit from it. It's a problem. Research conducted by People Opposing Women and Child Abuse, POWA, shows that domestic violence against women remains widespread and underreported, 
and that victims of violence are not effectively supported by public services. Possible reasons for underreporting are insufficient specialized services for women and children who are victims of violence and the absence of professional services for victims. How is Cornerstone Women addressing such issues and what solutions are you offering and providing? Okay, so when I started uh, the, the organization, I looked at the different um, spheres that it affects. It affects you emotionally, physically, uh, spiritually. Uh, you need legal support. You need uh, protection in some situations where situations blow up and your life is under threat. So what we've gone and done is we've developed a holistic approach to the situation. And we've put together a three-month program where we will address every single one of her needs. Each woman is different. Some women may need financial support. Others don't. Some women may need somewhere to stay. Some may not need somewhere to stay because they've got a family in infrastructure to go and stay in. Some need legal. Some don't. We look at the individual and we design the program according to her needs. But we cover every single aspect. And I think it's important for me to say today that the part that is most important for me is the counseling element for her. Because... The chances of her, if you only address the physical side of it, i.e. a place to stay and some money so that she can feed her children, and you don't deal with her, her chances of returning to that situation are very likely. Mm -hmm. The counseling is life-changing. I experience it. I am a victim of abuse. I believe that you will never be a fully renewed individual. The, the scars from this are forever changing. But hopefully if you, if you go through the process and you deal with the emotional side of it and the spiritual side of it, the woman that you come out afterwards has scars, but she is stronger and more empowered. But the counseling is a very important part so that she can empower herself. Because without that, what does she do? She doesn't go out there and, and start getting financially independent again and take back her power. She'll return to him. She'll return to him for whatever he's got to give because she's got children to feed. So we work with the whole individual and we holistically look at her needs and we address absolutely everything. But we are not miracle makers. The woman needs to take control of her life. Can she do it? Believe me, ladies, you have no idea what you can do. If I, Samantha LaRue, can achieve what I have managed to achieve in the past two years after what I went through, you have no idea what you are capable of doing. And what I hope to do through Cornerstone Woman is to alleviate some of the pressures that make it so much more difficult so that you can empower yourself at the end of the day. You interviewed a few women and... Of those that you interviewed, 90% of them um, experienced emotional abuse, 71% physical, 58% sexual, 60% economic. And 90% of the abuse was perpetuated by a partner, lover, or a spouse, 90%. That is mind-boggling. I was surprised to learn that 90% of women you interviewed experienced emotional abuse. Why is that, you think? Is it because it doesn't leave physical evidence and therefore the abuser can literally get away with it? 
Absolutely. I think that um, it's a society problem. It's a, it's a human race problem. The world is in a very difficult place. We've become, we're spiritual beings living in a materialistic void. We are concentrating on all the wrong things. We're worried about materialistic achievements rather than emotional and spiritual achievements. Men are under great stress today. They have learned from their fathers and their grandfathers. And suppressing women is an age-old problem. So to answer your question, yes, emotional abuse is the easiest form of abuse because no one's really going to know if it's going on or not. That's why they say that perhaps the physical abuse is better because outsiders are more likely to see what's going on than when you're only emotionally abused. What I did find ironically, though, more and more, so those stats begin to change, is that it always starts off in parallel financial and and economic uh, with emotional and always end up leading to the physical. Samantha, you left high school at the age of 14 yes, to run your family restaurant business. What led to this decision? It wasn't a decision. My, um, hence, I speak about my own journey and my own childhood in how that participates with my later years experiences and how I attracted the individual that came into my life. Um, my childhood was very broken. I was abused by both my mother and father in different ways. Um, our home life was very disrupted. We came from an affluent background, but my mother was unfortunately a chronic alcoholic. Um, my father was an Italian immigrant trying to survive in the country. And um, by the time I got to 14, my mother had disappeared. She had left our little family restaurant and literally disappeared. I was at school. I had a younger brother. And my father was desperately trying to put food on the table. Being the character that I am, I wasn't doing too well at school. Um, it's very difficult to listen to a teacher tell you what to do when um, you haven't eaten in three days or slept because of your parents, uh, your mother being an alcoholic. So I was quite confrontational. And I turned to my father and I said to him, I think you should rather let me leave school and let me come and run the restaurant so that I can help fend for my brother. In hindsight, as a mother, I think my father made the wrong decision. I think children should be looked after. They should not be put into situations at 14 to start fending for their, for their siblings. But uh, whether I like it or not, I think it has played an integral role in, in my journey and given me a lot of life skills where I perhaps haven't had any of the education that I would have wanted for my kids. Wow. <laughs> Sure, your, your your childhood was was rather colourful, if yeah. I can if I can use that word. And I mean, you 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 mentioned um, the Jerry Springer uh, Springer show earlier on, and I mean to to experience that, and particularly as a girl, must be very hard because I mean we we've been raised um, for it to be the norm for a boy child to abandon school. Or to drop out of school and become the breadwinner at a at a young age is very unusual for a girl, particularly at that age, to you know be expected to do that or be encouraged to do that by their own father. Yeah, in those times, yes. Today, I think it's a bit different, but in those times, yes, it was very unusual for for a for a girl to leave school. And your dad, what did he do? I mean, you ran the restaurant. What, what he was what actually did he get in the road to? marking industry, so he would travel, painting roads for a living. You know, 
the guys that paint the roads put the stop streets yes. and the lines. So he would travel quite a bit. So I used to run the restaurant and look after my, my younger brother at the age of 14. Well, you had a mentorship uh, business, or do you still have that? Um, what, what was that about? This has been a very interesting journey because um, uh, where I am with Cornerstone Woman, I believe, is my uh, it's my destiny. Um, sometimes you have to give up your dreams to follow your destiny. My dream was to have a happy marriage, white picket fence, um, beautiful children, and actually I achieved all of that. But that clearly was not my destiny. And the choice that I made led me to Cornerstone Woman, which I believe is my destiny. Um, so, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, sometimes your life doesn't turn out the way that you think it would. And uh, I wouldn't change anything because I believe this is my calling. Tell me about the joys of motherhood. Sure. Very difficult. Probably one of the reasons I have so much compassion for the woman going through this experience. My kids, um, in fact, all of the kids have been deeply affected by this. And so the joys of motherhood after experiencing what I've experienced um, is very difficult. There are consequences. My children have experienced uh, stress, obviously, through this experience. I mean, I literally left a beautiful home um four or five bedroom home and ended up in the staff quarters of a friend's house. That affects your children. Uh, my car was taken away. All financial support was cut off. My children were affected by that. So the joys of motherhood, well, I'd have to say to you, <laughs> they, I've created um, some of the difficulties in this motherhood, but I will say that my children are my everything. And if anything wakes me up every day, makes me get up, dress up and um, show up, it's Carter, Asson, Ethan, LaRue. <laughs> we, we, we're going to be playing a song next. Save Me by Tembisile Mtaga. I, I want you to listen to the words. It's a powerful song. I will do. How was that, Samantha? What a song. I had goosebumps. Powerful, right? Yeah, very powerful. I'm going to ask your opinion on three people and what they've been up to. First one, our Minister of Social Development and ANC's Women's League President, Batabile Lamini, when she commented, Manana is not the only one. Other politicians have done worse. Your opinion on that? Perhaps I should stay quiet. <laughs> what can one say? That's, she's an enabler. In a place where she should be standing for women, she's basically almost made as if, well, you know, the rest of them are doing it, so why is everybody so upset? It's disgusting and shocking, if you're asking my opinion. What happened at uh, Cedar Square is just an indication of how blatant Blatantly, individuals are getting away with inappropriate, almost evil behavior. 
Who slaps a woman behind closed doors? But who slaps a woman in front of everybody? The 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 arrogance behind that leaves me cold. Shaka Sisulu's alleged assault on the mother of his child. Your opinion on that? Again, how how, how do we have a? It, 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 one can't even have an opinion. It 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 just stirs up inside of me more passion, more um, power to stand against this problem. I, I I don't have an opinion because I believe that isn't a man. You know, I guess the the the, the thing that's the most prevalent for me through this experience is I identified with what a real man really is. And the sad thing is any man that lifts his hand in any way or controls a woman financially or manipulates her mentally is not a man. Max Maponyane being found guilty of physical assault on his wife and being given the option of a six-month jail sentence or, wait for it, 3,000 rand fine. Do you think he would choose the six-month sentence or the 3,000 rand fine? <laughs> Tough choice, right? I mean, really? Really? Absolutely really? You know, Sonia, I, it's taken absolutely everything within me, mentally, emotionally, and physically, to birth this vision of Cornerstone Woman. I intend to leave a legacy behind. But this organization will be the very organization that in the not-too-distant future will not allow this to go on and be left as it is. I mean, really? Really? Is, is, is there even an answer to that? There isn't an answer. Just unacceptable. I'm going to give you a challenge because you have put yourself out there through Cornerstone Woman because obviously when you go and give these talks or interviews, you're going to talk a lot about your personal story. You realize that you have a book in you that a lot of women need to read because you experienced abuse for a whole two years, right? Yes. That's No, not two years. It went on for eight years. But in the last two years, it escalated, yes. So are you thinking of writing a book? Yes, I am. <laughs> and it's very interesting that you ask. And what I love about Cliff Central is it's unscripted, uncensored, and radio. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel free to, to tell you. Um, my story... Um, is only partially about abuse. My story is actually about sin. And I am writing a book. The heading, I think, will probably be uh, changed slightly when it gets to publishing time. But uh, the actual uh, title of my book is What to Think About When You're Thinking About Having an Affair Because You're Not Thinking. It was um, my sin, my affair, that led me to an abusive relationship. My story is uh, much bigger than just about abuse. It's about consequences. My story is uh, a lot more involved. Um, but that is a Samantha LaRue story. My story needs to be told not just because of abuse. It needs to be told because of a, another epidemic in our country, in the world, which is called adultery. It is rife. It is equally as um, 
destructive to the family unit as abuse. And yes, there is a book. There is a very, very interesting book coming out. Hence, I called it My Jerry Springer Story. I can't wait for it. <laughs> oh, and I'll, and I'll bring you again to talk about that. Thank you very because much. That, that, that sounds like a journey of note. A whole nother topic. Wow. Samantha, thank you so, so much for your time. Thank you very much for having me. And um, I wish you all the best with uh, Cornerstone. I will do my best to try and get involved in uh, some way or the other, and hopefully other women as well and men who was listening to the show who get to hear about um, the work that you're trying to do. I hope they'll they'll dig deep into their pockets because you've mentioned the reasons, you know, for financial um, donations and assistance. Without money, we are not able to help any more than I physically and my team can do on a pro bono basis. We need funding now to actually put the infrastructure together and help heal these mothers and these children and eventually, hopefully, in my very ambitious uh, vision, the men. No, you, you've done very well. It's a great start. Thank well you very done, much. by the way. And thank, thank you, you once much. again. My humble opinion, after all, this is the opinion booth. It is easy to assume that an empowered, financially free, independent and self-sufficient woman is safe from abuse. I know of successful women who fall prey to abusive relationships. Some men have perfected and mastered the art to belittle them because they have an inferiority complex and because they were abused themselves. It starts from a young age. Your son teases his sister and you let it slide. You don't take the time to sit him down to explain why his behavior is upsetting. Your comment, he's just a child, he will grow out of it. He reaches puberty and bullies a classmate, and the teacher is too scared to report him because the parents are wealthy and influential. He starts dating and abuses his girlfriend because he knows no one will reprimand him. He has gotten away with such behavior all his life. He is untouchable. Charity begins at home. Your son talks to you in a condescending, demeaning and disrespectful manner and you pretend it didn't happen or you didn't hear him. Then you act surprised when he grows up to verbally abuse his partner. Your son grew up smacking your daughter and you wonder how he ended up being a wife beater. We as parents are responsible for how our kids turn out. We create these monsters. We raise these monsters. A monster is not born. A monster is made. Aspire to inspire before you expire. This is CliffCentral.com.